Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Witness the power. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. We're back in to Sports 56 Mornings as we start our 9 o'clock hour. Brian Dacus, Zach Boyd in for Greg and Eli as they're both off today. Greg Gaston actually in Philadelphia for Memphis versus Temple. That game kicks off in, in less than two hours. We're about two hours away from game time, and Greg will join us in about 30 minutes uh, to talk about the Tigers and Temple. Uh, like I said, he's at that game uh, on the sidelines for the radio broadcast, so we'll preview that game in about 30 minutes. We're going to talk uh, NFL here Um because we had three NFL games yesterday, uh, and we haven't had a chance to, to really talk about any of them. We also have a game today um, at 2 o'clock, Dolphins at Jets, the first ever um, NFL Black Friday game this afternoon. We're going to have complete coverage of that game, pregame starting at 1.30 between the Dolphins and Jets. We'll have that entire game tomorrow, Ohio State at Michigan, uh, a massive game. We're going to have that game at 11 a.m. Uh, on this station, then Sunday uh, uh, Steelers at Bengals at noon, Chiefs at Raiders at 3, Ravens at Chargers, the Sunday night football game. And then Monday, I know um, uh, we'll all be back on Monday to talk about it, but Bears at Vikings, 7 p.m. on Monday. So we've got complete coverage of all of uh, the football action over the weekend, so uh, keep it tuned in to Sports 56. Zach, before we talk NFL... I've got some breaking news. This dropped about an hour ago. I'm sure uh, a lot of people have seen it, but because of the show, uh, I'm just now seeing it. Um, but reports are coming out. Uh, Matt uh, Zenitz, I uh, hope I didn't mispronounce his name. He's a national college football reporter for 247. He is reporting that Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers is expected to enter the transfer portal his sources are telling 247. He ranks number two in SEC history with 12,315 career passing yards and fourth with 94 career passing touchdowns. Um, I'm guessing a grad transfer um, that will have one more year of eligibility. Um, he's going to transfer with all of the uncertainty at, at uh, head coach. Um, he's going to enter the transfer portal, and uh, I, I can only imagine a ton of teams uh, that will be going after him to be their uh, their their starting quarterback. Yeah, like he's he's a really good quarterback, man. I think, especially in his in his age. Again, like Sam Hartman to Notre Dame, yeah. uh, Michael Penix to from to Washington. Like, yeah. if you get a good quarterback and get him, get him some. Give them some weapons. I, you yeah. can make some noise. Well, and I mean, so. you look at you know. Sam Howell, not Sam Howell. Good Lord, Sam Howell. We're going to talk about Sam Howell in, in Devin a minute. Leary. Uh, Devin Leary is another one. I mean, it, it works for some. It doesn't work for others. You know, Devin Leary I have not been um, really uh, impressed with. Sam Hardman was uh, going to be uh, uh, the one I was talking about, the quarterback for now Notre Dame. Um, Sam Hartman has been good this year. I don't think he's been great, but you talk about Michael Penix who transferred from Indiana to, to Washington. Now, it's taken him a couple of years, but he's right there in the in the Heisman mix. And I think, you know, age matters. I think experience matters. And for Will Rogers, who, um, you know, I, ju- I just read it off, you know, one of the 
most prolific passers in SEC history if you're just looking at stats. Entering the portal, I'm sure he'll have a lot of suitors, um, especially with all of that experience. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to see um, if uh, if you know what teams call if he lands at another SEC team does he land at a uh, at a Pac-12 team does he you know Big 12 I mean where does he go in terms of uh of the transfer portal so it'll be fun to watch and, and it will be interesting to see but um Will Rogers in the transfer portal uh, or at least is expected to hit the transfer portal um with another year of eligibility but uh Zach we do need to talk NFL it was a big day in the NFL yesterday Thanksgiving day um kind of a uh, a, a you know, not maybe kind kind or anything. It is a tradition, a staple of Thanksgiving Day is NFL games, and we had a triple header yesterday, and it started off in Detroit with the Packers and the Lions, and uh, this game did not uh, did not pan out like I thought it would. I mean, I I think a lot of people expected the Lions to. I don't want to say dominate, but you know, at least win that game and be very competitive in that game. And it was all Packers early. You know what's funny about this? What's that? I had a feeling that they were going to lose on Thanksgiving Day. Well, and I saw this um, on Twitter, and I don't know if I can find it now, but the moon last night was a waxing gibbous. I think. What does that mean? Um. Well, you know. Oh, oh, Zach, you learned your your moons in elementary school, right? You know, yeah. waning and waxing, uh, wax on, wane off. You know, you know the different different types of moons. Last night was a waxing gibbous, and so that, that's why they got waxed last you know, night. Uh, so. uh, I like that. Um, if you go back to all the Thanksgiving days that the Lions have played on, where there has been a waxing gibbous moon. Um, according to this Twitter post that kind of circulated um, on Twitter last night, yesterday, I guess I should say, um, going back to 1966, there has been 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yesterday was the 13th time, supposedly, we have played with a waxing gibbous, uh, or at least a waxing gibbous the night of, for the... Uh, for the Lions, and all of them have been losses. How about that? And got waxed in each one got of them. Got waxed in all of them. But I don't, I don't know if I don't know my moons very well. These don't all look like waxing gibbuses. Uh, but that What's was the half full one. Is, is that the is that the same thing? Zach, it's been a long time. Yeah, since I know I was it is. In, That's uh, why I'm asking. In elementary <laughs> school, I have no idea. Um, but if they were all waxing gibbuses, how about that? You know, I. All I know is the Lions lost, and they did not look very competitive yesterday. A team that really seemed like they were turning a corner uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, and were playing much better, and, you know, after a couple early season losses, looked like they were getting back after it. And the Packers, you know, a couple turnovers, they get the ball back in, you know, plus territory, and and really kind of took advantage of the Lions, which I was surprised of. And Jordan Love, I thought, a really impressive game on Thanksgiving. Yeah, kept it kept it clean for the most part. Yeah, um, moved the ball very well. Got to the hands of their playmakers. Yeah, yeah. You when, know, it, it helps. It helps when you when, when you're yeah. able to have a pretty decent pocket and you mm-hmm. can actually move the offense around. Now, on the other end, that that Packers defense, I was not expecting them to step up no. the way they did and slow down 
the Lions. No, not at all. Uh, three fumble recoveries for for uh, Green Bay. Jared Goff fumbled the ball three times, and and they lost it all three times. Um, and, and Green Bay's defense was just flying around, and and I didn't expect that early from them. I mean, this Green Bay team five and six has been kind of disappointing. Jordan Love, I, I don't think has played up to a ton of people's expectations this year. Um, and you know, tough situation to be in, but. I thought he looked good yesterday, 268 yards, three touchdowns, but a good point by you, very clean. I mean, zero sacks by the Detroit defense, this Detroit defense that we've been talking a lot about um, for for a really long time and and really couldn't get anything going yesterday. Yeah, I... Man, like, like for a team, and I know, I know the Lions. They just got mm-hmm. what, what they they're coming off of a win against the Bears. Yeah. Well, first of all, they got into a, a scrap heap with the Bears <laughs> last yeah, week. Yeah, they did. So that was obviously wasn't a good sign. Uh-huh. Thirty-one twenty-six week. win over the Bears. Yeah, yeah. So, but you kind of you, you you thought that okay, quick turnaround type of thing, keep the momentum going. Let's go ahead, take care of business, blow this team out. But they just kept them lingering and that's the problem well and and that's a really good point by you zach because you look at who the lions have beaten this year and obviously first game of the season beat the chiefs that is a huge win i mean that's massive that's a a win against a really good team but you look at the rest of their wins is falcon scaring anybody I mean, they, they, they haven't impressed they me this close. season. and eh, kept it close. Uh, they beat the Packers earlier this season when the Packers were, you know, just kind of, you know, Jordan Love's in his, what, third game of the season and, and you know, trying to figure things out. The Panthers have been awful this yeah. year. Um, the Buccaneers haven't been anything to, to call home about. They kept it close. They uh, kept it close. Um, the Raiders... It's a close game. The Chargers... Definitely a close game. Uh, very close game. And then the Bears was an extremely close game. Because they were down, like, what, what 10 yeah. with, like, four minutes to go. Uh-huh, and, and had to come back. So I don't think any any of those teams that I just listed off are, like, world beaters by any means. I think a lot of people disappointed in what the Chargers have done this year. I'll give it to them. Chiefs, a huge win, but I just haven't been impressed with any of these wins. I mean, they're wins. It's the National Football League. Like, anybody can win on any given day. I'm not saying that, like, oh, man, they're, they're beating Toledo out here. But, like, you know, I mean, who are they beating? For all the hype this team's getting, I, I don't know if the wins have reflected that. Well, the, well then again, I, I will say they're they're playing a pretty easy schedule, and so yeah. they're playing the competition that's in front of them. Now, but, it kind of helps that hit, that their division sucks. Their first— A little bit half of the division sucks, yeah. but again, like you dropped a game to the Packers. You could have probably needed that one the most. Really needed that one. But, I mean, the, their next six games to close the season, pretty Saints, easy. Bears— Broncos, uh-huh. Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean that's not that's not a, a murderous schedule by it's any not. means. But I mean, you you look at their two losses prior to the Packers, their first home game of the season, a loss against the Seahawks that I think went into overtime, if I recall, and then their second loss they got blown out by the Ravens. I mean, I get it. Like this, first off, I, I shouldn't be this disrespectful to the Lions because like this Lions team is nowhere close to being a finished product. Um, you know, they still got young guys that are still trying to develop, still trying to grow. Like, I get that. And like this is a really good season for the Lions, but for all the hype they've been getting, like, ah, oh, this team doesn't scare me that much. No, no, and again, like like you this is a well coached team. Yeah. Like you kinda expect that. They run the ball very effectively with uh with what's it with Montgomery mm-hmm. and with Gibbs. Yeah. 
offensively passing attack, you can get, you know, they're, they're very efficient getting the ball down the field, yeah. skilled playmakers, but it's just all about finishing mm-hmm. and all about can they raise their level to another, you know, take their, you know, t- take that jump to that yeah. next level. Again, I think Jared Goff is playing really well. He's playing really well. Really well. So, uh, you know, a, a really good season for him. Yeah. And obviously, I think yesterday was his worst game by far with those three fumbles. I agree. So that's <laughs> either either you're looking at this you're looking at this line team as okay, Jared Goff is your quarterback. Yeah. Or you're looking at it as we need to continue to add more mm-hmm. talent to this team. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right about that. I'm I'm I don't I'm not sure where I fall because mm-hmm. like I think the lines are good. Oh yeah. But then again, like if you have an elite quarterback, you know, managing and running this team, yeah, that could be Super Bowl contenders. Oh so, yeah. You're right about that's that. That's kind of where it is. I think they're very good, but then we just don't know how good they are yeah. un- until they play someone better. And mm-hmm. obviously, the only the best game for them is probably the Cowboys towards the end, and yeah. maybe like one of the division games against the Vikings. Sure, sure. No, but I mean, a uh, uh, tough loss for them. I mean, I think that's a game that a lot of people expected them to win. They were more than a touchdown favorite over the Packers. But again, it's the NFL, and anybody can win. Uh, on any given day. The second game of the day, the Dallas Cowboys, um, a a really convincing win over um, the Washington Commanders. 45-10 to 10 win over the Commanders. Sam Howell, uh, 28 for 44 for 300 yards. Not a bad game for him, but no, inter- no touchdowns, one interception, and four sacks. Uh, was sacked four times. That one interception... Um, to uh, Deron Bland, pick who has six. been unbelievable. A pick six, his fifth pick six of the season. I saw this um, on uh, on ESPN uh, about an hour ago, 30 minutes ago. They flashed it up. He has more touchdowns this season. Stay with me. Deron Bland, a cornerback, has more touchdowns this season than his teammate Tony Pollard, the starting running back for the Cowboys, um, than Travis Kelsey, the starting tight end for for and maybe the one of the most famous men in America right now because of what he's done on the field and his romantic life. Um Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, I'm sure a lot other, but there was one other key name they had on there that I can't remember. But I mean that's incredible. And what he's done, it seems like any I don't know why people are still throwing it to him, because yeah. he's gonna get an interception and he's gonna take it back for six. Yeah, like what? He has six interceptions mm-hmm. this year? Seven mm-hmm. interceptions? Yeah, and like, and five of them have been pick sixes. Yeah, like, like the other the other five were like pick sixes. <laughs> like, like, like at some point, at some point, the league, the quarterbacks in is the league that's on the rest on the Cowboys mm-hmm. schedule. They're gonna have to come together yeah. and say, you know what's a good idea? N- yeah. what not to do to win the game? Yeah, maybe Let's we, not to throw to Deron. Yeah, maybe we don't throw to that. Side. Let's seven, not throw it. Seven way. interceptions this season, five pick sixes. He has five it's pick incredible. sixes. It's incredible, and so uh, you know that was obviously the big story. And one thing that you can always um, you know tell, like, oh, this is a this is a massive story, is not only that's like a, the first time it's ever happened in, in NFL history, but in press conferences, whenever like you're talking to like a running back or a quarterback, and a reporter asks about a cornerback, 
that's when you know, okay, eh, this is this is different. This is a different story because both Tony Pollard and Dak Prescott were asked about, hey, Deron Bland, what, what are you thought about what he's done lately? I mean, this is incredible. And both of them were like, it's it's amazing. Like, I don't understand it. And Dak's like, Dak literally said, was like, I don't know why teams throw to his side. Like, I don't know what goes into the mindset of quarterback that's like, I'll throw at the receiver that Deron Bland's covering because it's not going to work out most times. We just got a text from the text line. They said, uh, Stop talking about the, the Cowboys. Cowboys have played two winning teams. Hey, uh, two whoa, winning whoa, records, whoa, and that's Philly and San Fran. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, he's too not early wrong, for that. but it's too I mean, early they, for that. What the cow, the cow, it's not the Cowboys' fault that the Giants the were supposed fall. to be good and they're not good. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's not their fault. Hey, Eagles, play a game without running the, the tush push. See how you do in that game. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fan of the play. And I'm, not, hey, listen, I'm only hey, not a fan hey, of the play they, they because play I'm a Cowboys a fan. Weeks on Sunday Night Football. We had a caller uh, call in a couple weeks ago, and uh, thank you for the text. It's a good time. I mean, it's a good point. It's a good, it's a good point. And they no, lost, it's a good point. They lost that, both I mean, those games. Like, that, I mean, I can't say anything about wrong. it. I mean, what does it what does it matter at the end of the day if the Cowboys are blowing out the Giants, the Commanders, and who was the other team they blew out? Like a couple weeks the ago, Jets, the, the Jets, Rams, yeah, the Panthers. I, the Panthers. That's what it was last week. What does it matter if they're blowing out these teams? That's a great. I mean, great point. Great point. I can't argue with it. We had a caller a couple weeks ago. I think it was me and John talking, and we were talking about uh, the Tush Push, and which first off, I don't like the name Tush Push. I think they call it the Brotherly Shove, yes. which I don't know if I like that any more than I like the Tush Push. I think both of them are ridiculous names, um, <laughs> but. We were talking about it, and John was like, yeah. And I was like, it's a ridiculous play. I mean, any team that can start a drive first and nine, first and eight, it's ridiculous. I mean, try to play the game without running that play, and the Eagles have four losses on the season, easily. And... uh, and someone called him and was like, I think the tush push is a really good play. And I'd tell him, I was like, I'm just salty because I'm a I'm a Cowboys fan. Like that's what it all boils down to. If I wasn't a, if I was not a Cowboys fan, if I was like a Seahawks fan or like a 49ers fan, I'd be like, cool, it's a cool play. You know, do your thing. Maybe not if I was a 49ers fan, but like I'd be like, that's 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 cool, whatever. But it's just because I'm a Cowboys fan that I'm just salty in fandom. No, it, it's a good play. Cause when cause when it first cause when they first initiated, I was like Oh, yeah, no, that's actually kind of smart now that you're thinking about it. I mean, it's just straight-up old-school football. You know, just pack everybody in and just run it up the middle. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is, and it works. I Teams can't stop it. They have so many big guys. You have J1 Hurts back there that, what, squatted like 700 pounds in college. I mean, like, guy's got some massive legs. I mean, yeah. he's got tree trunks, you know, and so, I mean, he's just pushing forward. You got a couple guys behind him pushing. Who's going to stop that? And then they did a little variation of it. Uh, I think they played the Lions. I yeah, think. and they did a very. I think I want to say they played the Lions. What that game was against the Lions, or it was a Dolphins. I'll take your or word for it. And like like they handed off to DeAndre Swift and in, in that push the the brotherly shove formation, yeah. they got a touchdown. Out of. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, whatever. If it works, it works. Good for them. Um, and uh, you know, that's a really good team. And uh, you know, they've got some really good weapons on their team and and you know they they make it work so uh good for them uh, i was really impressed with what dak did yesterday i mean you you look at it 22 for 32 331 yards four touchdowns that offensive line i mean I, again i get it you're playing uh, a four win washington commanders team but 
was not sacked at all in that game. You know, zero sacks by by from Dak Prescott, which I thought was huge. You know, this run game, you 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 rush for a hundred yards, uh, but only uh, uh, only seventy nine yards for for Tony Pollard, which is a good day. One touchdown for him. I you know I think it's good finding the end zone again because it was so long that he you know could not find the end zone. Um, but you know I thought a really good game from the Cowboys, a forty five to ten win, and I have had trouble kind of buying into these massive wins um, by the Cowboys in the NFL because like I said a minute ago about the Lions and the Packers I mean it's it's the NFL you know this everybody can anybody can be anybody on on any given day in the NFL and yes. so it's hard for me to be like oh yeah I think they were like a 11 and a half point favorite oh yeah the Cowboys are gonna cover 11 and a half because easy I mean it's just I it's hard to do in the NFL but they were able to do it yesterday final game of the day um that I want to talk about real quick before we get to a break um and talk to Greg Gaston 49ers 31 to 13 win over the Seahawks Seahawks kind of in the same boat as um as the Lions you know they have uh I think they're a, a, a good team. I enjoy watching them play, but like you look at who they've played and who they've lost to, and then who they've beaten, it's like very clearly two different like types of teams. Like it's teams that are really good and teams that are not so good. I mean, let's look at their wins. They beat the Lions, which is I think a good win. That was early in the season, second game of the year. They beat the Panthers. We've already talked about the Panthers. The Giants, we we know the Giants are no good. Um the Cardinals who have struggled this year. The Browns, they beat the Browns. Um I th- I think that was when the Browns were still playing a backup before um you know they got healthy and now we're not healthy again. And the Commanders. Those are their uh, six wins this year. And those are against a lot of teams that have really struggled this year, teams that are under 500. And then the losses, yesterday they lost to the 49ers. They lost to the Rams the game before that. They got blown out by the Ravens 37-3. to They lost to the Bengals, which was a close game. They lost to the Rams. So, like, again, Seahawks, you know, kind of an interesting team, a weird team, um, but a, a big win for the 49ers last night. Um, I wasn't able to watch a ton of that game. I was kind of going back between that and the Egg Bowl, um, so I didn't watch a ton of it. But Christian McCaffrey, what he what he has done is unbelievable. I mean, we had that really long stretch of like two years where Christian McCaffrey had a touchdown in every single game, and last night 114 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's it's as good as it gets. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to uh, to stop him. He runs really hard um, and uh, and has really really um, impressed. Uh, yeah. we got uh, another text message from from the texture that said the Cowboys have uh, played two teams with winning records. He said, "I'm a Cowboys fan, uh, but the Lions have a better win." No, you're right about that. They definitely yeah, have a better win the on Chief, the season. The Chiefs is the better I mean, that's, win. That's so a huge far. win for the Chiefs. You're absolutely right. Um, and then his last uh, text. Bottom line is about half the league is mediocre. That's why it's fun to watch. I love he pointed that out. Yes, because that's a great a great point. Zach, do you know last week? And you might have heard me say this um, last week. On Sunday, just Sunday games, so not Thursday. We had a great Thursday night football game last week. We had a great Sunday night, no, a great Monday night football game last week. On just Sunday, do you know how many teams played where both teams, not just one team, where both teams entered the day, both teams above 500? Come on, last week? Last week. Out of all the games on Sunday, you've got, you know, what, six games going in the first window, four games going in the second window, Sunday night football, most everybody in the league's playing. Out of all of the games that happened on Sunday, how many games did both teams enter the day 
above 500. There's like 10 of them, right? 10, 10 teams above 500? No, that that both. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about it's ten games. That, ten games where both teams were above 500. But they're not 500. No, no, no. I'm saying they're above 500. Above. So they're playing winning football right oh, now. Oh, like like let's let let's cut that in like a third. So we're gonna say three. Three. One. <laughs> One game. Both teams were above 500 on Sunday. Now that's excluding Ravens and Bengals. That was on Thursday right. night. That's excluding Chiefs and and uh, and Eagles. That was on Monday night. Right. And do you know what game that was? <laughs> Was uh, I, what? What game was it? The Browns and the Steelers <laughs> were both over five hundred on Sunday. That was the only game where both teams entered the day playing over five hundred. So I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, a lot of parity in this yeah. league. I mean, it's a lot of teams are very evenly matched. A lot of teams, um, you know, any like I said, I've said it three times now. Any team can win on any given day, and that's why a lot of teams. Are five hundred under five hundred and and kind of mediocre. And to add to this to to, to that Texas point, quarterback play yeah. plays a big part of it. Right now, oh, we played a, a well, how many rookie quarterbacks this year? Five or six? Oh no, way more than that. Like or, ten, or, ten or eleven. It's I been eleven. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, like the most the ever. I mean, it's incredible. So I mean, you're you're right. It's it's been you know it's been an interesting year and. Uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be wanting to be high in the draft so they can get a guy like Caleb Williams to add to their roster and make their starting quarterback. But uh, thanks again for for all the texts. Um, uh, keep sending those in, 901-360-8255. Whatever you want to talk about. Grizzlies, Tigers, we're going to talk to Greg Gaston on the other side. So let's go uh, ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll preview Memphis football big game today at 11 against Temple. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Okay, you know, this car looks great wrapped around you, you know. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back in. Bryant Dacus, Zach Boyd in for Greg and Eli on this Friday morning, Sports 56 mornings. And joining us now, Greg Gaston, the host of this show, joining us from Philadelphia's Memphis and Temple about uh, an hour and a half, a little less than an hour and a half away from kickoff in that 11 a.m. kickoff. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, an early start for the Tigers. They've had a couple of these this season, but coming off of that loss to SMU last week, a very hard-fought loss for the Tigers, what do you expect their energy level? How do you expect them to come out early in this game against Temple? Yeah, first of all, good morning, gentlemen, and mm-hmm. happy belated Thanksgiving to both you and Zach and Thanks for having me on. Yes, I think the uh, key will be the beginning of this game. We'll mm-hmm. see if the Tigers are in a uh, funk, if there's a hangover from the loss, or are they eager and ready to go to try to do something that's only happened nine times in their 108-year history, and that's to win nine games with a chance to obviously win ten if they could take care of business today and win a bowl game. But according to the coaches, they say that there's been no letdown in practice. They feel very good about the team's morale going into this game, but it's got to be a little bit tough. There's no question about it. First of all, they're playing in Philly, where they have struggled in Mm -hmm. Philadelphia. They've lost their last three games against the Temple Owls. And what's interesting is Temple, which is just 3-8, and you would think that they've already cashed it in for the year. But over the last eight years, they are 6-2 and in their final game of the (laughs) season. For whatever the reason is, 
Temple plays really, really hard in that last game, and you got to think some of these players are probably looking to put together a nice little tape for the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a few others that are hoping to get to the NFL. They want the tape to look good. And nothing like beating a Memphis team, which is certainly one of the bell cows of the conference. So to answer your question, we'll find out early if Memphis is in a funk, is in a hangover uh, state of mind uh, when they kick this game. You know, when they kick this game off at eleven oh three Central Time. Well, and on the other side, for for Temple, you just kind of mentioned their team, you know, how how good they've played in the last game of the season. Some of these guys wanting to get more tape um, in their quarterback. They've got a really good quarterback, E.J. Warner, the son of of Kurt Warner. Um, We saw him last year when Temple came to Memphis, and and he's having a pretty good season this year for Temple. What do you expect uh, the defense will see today from E.J. Warner? Yeah, he's a very accurate passer. He's not a big guy, but following in his footsteps of his uh, Hall of Fame father, he gets the ball out of his hands quickly. He doesn't have a great offensive line, so he can't hold on to the ball. So he goes through his progressions really quick. Usually uh, he's very good in not staring down the first read and will move off to a second read, but he does it really, really quickly, and that's why he's so effective. His completion ratio is tremendous. And when he's played, he hasn't played all these games. He's had injuries. When he has played, they've looked pretty good. The last two weeks... They had two road games, and he played, and they lost 27-23 at South Florida and lost 34-24 at UAB. They were in both those games. So E.J. Warner gives them a chance to be in games. Mm, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. From a from a injury standpoint for the Tigers, this team has been uh, pretty banged up all year. We know um, kind of the injury to Seth Hennigan. He's been playing through that. It's kind of shown his toughness the last couple of weeks, not being at 100%. But what, what, is the, you know, what does this team look like from an injury standpoint going into this morning? Yeah, they're fairly healthy, especially for the final game of the regular season. McKaylin Pounders is not going to go, mm. so they will, will be missing a starting offensive lineman. They're a little thin in the defensive secondary, but for the most part, they're good. Jonah Gamble returned to the offensive line last week. Coffee came back uh, from injury last week. So from a health-wise, and, and then, of course, they got last week, uh, uh, they're running back Thomas back, yeah. Brandon Thomas who uh, got dinged up the game before. So, again, you're going to have your, your your bumps, your bruises, your nicks and all that for the 12th game of a college football season. But for the most part, pretty healthy going into this final game of the regular season. Talking Tiger football with Greg Gaston, the host of this show. He's also on the Tiger sidelines for every game, part of the Tiger radio network. Uh, Greg, when you look at this defense the past couple of weeks, we just talked about EJ Warner and, and the accuracy he brings and, and kind of uh, brings, a, brings a weapon to this Temple team. But you look at this Tiger defense and, and you go back these past couple of weeks. I think back to that Charlotte game where Charlotte's running back who came out of nowhere, wasn't even on the yeah. depth chart. Uh, entering the day, you know, runs for over 200 yards. Last week, SMU picks up a ton of yards on the ground. There have been a lot of teams in conference play this year, this season that has really gashed the Tigers' defense with the run game. What has been the the biggest issue you've seen from this Tiger defense, and, and what do you expect from them uh, today against Temple? I think there's two things. They're they're losing one on one battles in the trenches. Mm. Their defensive line is getting beat by the offensive linemen of opposing teams very consistently. The other thing is they are getting worn down as the game progresses. Mm. That is very evident with uh, what's happened in second halves of games, especially early in the second half. 
as you talk about dashes, yeah, we've seen, I don't know, countless drives where the opponent would go three plays and already they're in the red zone, and yeah. then a fourth play, they're in the end zone. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something that has uh, certainly, I know, driven Tigers fans crazy. Now, we have also seen some positives. We saw in that Charlotte game four interceptions, one yeah. a pick six. We did not see a takeover or a turnover, rather, or a takeaway in the game against SMU. And we knew going in that that was going to be imperative for the Tigers to win. They went in as an eight, eight and a half point underdog. They were going to have to turn over SMU. They weren't able to do that. That's when the Memphis defense can really help out this team is to get a couple of turnovers. It's not easy to get them against a quarterback in Warner who gets the ball out of his hand so quickly. But if they can turn him over a couple of times, then they've done their job. If Memphis's offense can do their job and maybe take Temple out of the game by halftime, you feel pretty good because at that point, then Temple looks at it and goes, hey, we have 30 minutes left of our season. We're, we're pretty much toast. But Memphis has not been able to get out of the gate quickly. Will that change today? And will they be able to play a complete football game? Ryan Silverfield will be the first to tell you they have not played one complete football game this year. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Well, being the last regular season game of the season, this Tiger team already bowl eligible, a lot of people looking at what kind of bowl destination uh, the Tigers could be going to. I know uh, y'all have talked to, to Harold Grader, and, and there's a real possibility the, the Tigers could be uh, in the Liberty Bowl, uh, depending on what happens today and, and tomorrow with these SEC teams, Mississippi State lost uh, yesterday, so they won't be a six-win team. A couple other teams you're waiting to see, but there's obviously other um, destinations that could be picked for the Tigers. What what are some bowl games you think the Tigers could be in play for? Right, and I'll say this with a caveat, anything's possible mm-hmm. when it comes to bowl season. But the word that I'm hearing from people around the school on the trip here to Philadelphia is military bowl, the possibility of the Fenway Bowl, which I didn't Ooh. think was still a possibility. Yeah. And then, as you mentioned, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. And that's interesting because Harold Grader, who comes on with us weekly, I know that they have been favoring Auburn. Mm-hmm. Auburn is bowl eligible. If the SEC doesn't have enough teams to go around, you know, will they give the AutoZone Liberty Bowl an SEC team? Will, will it be Auburn? The other thing is, I was watching the Egg Bowl last night, Mississippi State, despite losing, they're 5-7, and seven, could get in as a five-win team right. if there's not enough six-win teams at bowl-eligible teams and because of their APR. That's a possibility. In fact, Jerry Palm, another weekly guest of ours, shameless plug, <laughs> uh, he says that in his last couple of weeks' prediction was Mississippi State would wow. get to a bowl game. So if that was the case, then they wouldn't be eligible for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game because I think there'd be enough teams. The thing is, you know you're going to get a larger chunk of the of the money from the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. It's split mm-hmm. around the league, but depending on which bowl you go to, you're going to get a higher chunk. It's not evenly distributed in the Americans, so you get a bigger chunk being in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game as, as opposed to, let's say, the military bowl. But then again, if you're a player, is that really where you want to go? Do you want to play in your home stadium, yeah. dress in your own locker room? I know if I was a player, I wouldn't want to, but I can't speak for all of that. So that's the three names right now that's kind of going around. I thought maybe the Gasparilla Bowl mm-hmm. was a possibility. I think you could pretty much uh, knock out the Hawaii Bowl. They're not going back. They're not going back to Dallas where they were last year. And you know the Birmingham Bowl. I, I hope to God it's not the Birmingham <laughs> Bowl. 
Uh, as much as I like Birmingham, yeah. I hope it's not that. So I think it's it's those three. At least that's the word right now. Well, it's certainly interesting. I think still, uh, I think the fourteen shy of of teams filling all of the bowl games. So I mean, a lot of intrigue for these last two days of the regular season in college football. Uh, last thing for you, Greg, before we let you go. Uh, I know we've been talking a lot of football, but uh, I got to ask you about the Tigers basketball team. Two impressive wins against Michigan uh, yesterday against Arkansas. They'll play. What a great day for for Tiger fans. I've mentioned this already a couple times, but you start the day with Tigers versus Temple, and then right when that game's over, um, they'll they'll throw it right to the Bahamas for Tigers and Villanova. So a big game today, but but what have you seen from this Tiger basketball team these last two games down in the battle for Atlantis? You're right. It's a big day to showcase uh, the blue and gray, but yes, I, I am impressed with what I've seen. I'm not surprised with what I've seen, but I'm impressed. Last night we were having... Thanksgiving dinner at the hotel, and we were watching the game, and people were going crazy. David Jones is the real oh. deal. Again, we, we thought he was going to be when he was playing for the the Dominican Republic yeah, National Team right. against the Tigers, <laughs> right in the uh, in the DR. So I, I think they have all the weapons. I want to see Jordan Brown get on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, he's a little bit lagging behind. They're going to need him in games. Today will be a challenge. I was a little surprised Villanova took down North Carolina. Villanova is always solid. They got some stars. They got some role players. They're always solid. So it's going to be another... Memphis versus Philadelphia battle in basketball like it is here in football. That's a, that's a really good point. No, it's going to be a tough one. I mean, those Villanova teams are always very tough and, and, and very hard-nosed on the court. So it's going to be a lot of fun, but it's going to be a great day for the Tigers with this kind of doubleheader of football and basketball. But, Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the game today in Philadelphia, and we'll see you on Monday. Yeah, Brian, thank you for stepping in and helping out Zach. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Greg, Greg Gaston, the host of this show, Sports 56 Mornings, joining us from Philadelphia, Memphis, and Temple. Uh, only a little more than an hour away from kickoff for that one, the final regular season game of the season for the Memphis Tigers. Right when that game's over, um, we'll, we'll go down to the Bahamas and watch Tigers and Villanova. So it's going to be a fun day, a busy day uh, for Greg Gaston as uh, he does a lot of ESPN Plus work for Tigers basketball. So I know he He's going to be doing this football game and then immediately going um, to try to catch that Memphis Villanova game. But let's get to our final break of the day, and uh, we'll wrap it up on the other side. This is Sports 56 Mornings. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Get them to sign on the line which is dotted. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Gonna put the world away for a minute. Pretend I don't live in it. Sunshine gonna wash my blues away. Had sweet love but I lost it. She got too close, so far, and now I'm lost in the world. Welcome back in to Sports 56 away. Mornings with Greg and Eli. No Greg, no Eli today. Bryant Dick is Zach Boyd with you 
for the last couple of minutes uh, today as we wrap up today's show. We've talked a lot about the Tigers, a big day for them. We just got done talking to Greg Gaston about this football game today, uh, about an hour away from kickoff between the Tigers and Temple as, as Memphis looks to end their regular season with a win over Temple. And, you know, this is a, a game that's gotten the Tigers in the past. I remember uh, a couple years ago when Joey Magnifico and, and the catcher not a catch and I think still a lot of people uh, kind of go back to that game and, and if it was a catch or not but that led to a loss in Philly so what happens today I think that line about 13 and a half 14 points so it's a big line a lot of people think Memphis will win big but Zach if I know one thing about this uh, this Tiger team is they, they've played in a lot of close games this year it's it has not been a lot of uh, lopsided victories yeah and um, you're just hoping that they don't fall into that trap again. Yeah. Let's close out the regular season right. Get to nine wins. Get to nine wins, and, and then get to the try get to get to, to ten wins. Bowl with game, the bowl wherever game. they they decide to put the Tigers in. What are you are are you in? Do you want the Tigers to play in the Liberty Bowl? I mean, is that I, I've heard a lot of fans get excited about maybe the Tigers playing in the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, I don't have an issue with. It. I think what it, do do it. I think. Well, each bowl game has a different payout. Am yeah, I no, Liberty Bowl would be bigger because it's Big Twelve versus SEC, right? So obviously, you really oh, want yeah. the biggest payout possible. But I think, I mean, Greg's point just a minute ago of you know, I getting you know playing in your own stadium, getting dressed in your own locker room, probably staying at the same hotels you stay at. Um, on you know night before the game, maybe not because I think they have the Peabody and and you know different hotels for the bowl game, so they'd probably stay there. But yeah. you know it's pretty much largely the the same as as you would do for a regular season game. So I mean I think a lot of these guys on the team would prefer to go somewhere else, whether it be the fin- the Fenway Bowl would be cool. I didn't think that was still in play, but the Fenway Bowl would be a lot of fun. I mean yeah. And that's the thing, too, because it's like either you're staying at home, you save money on travel, that's you stay true. at home, yeah. you play in the Liberty Bowl, mm-hmm. or you take the travel, mm-hmm. you either go on to Boston or you go into uh, D.C. Yeah. Or the uh, Annapolis. Annapolis, yeah. Both so. both very cold this time of year, Zach. Yes. So it's like, which one would you want to have? Now, granted, yeah. Memphis will get colder in December. That's true. No, I remember. So we'll see if with the weather. Yeah. The size of whole. Yeah. Oh, I remember court. last time, what was it, 2018, 2017, whenever Memphis played in the Liberty Bowl um, against Iowa State, that game was yeah, that really was, that cold. Was, yeah, they looked cold. It was a really cold game. Um, I had a big coat on for that game. So, um, you know, it, it will be fun. But, I mean, hopefully Tigers can get a win today against Temple and, and wrap up this regular season. Nine wins, looking for ten wins in the in the bowl game. And then this afternoon, Zach, do the uh, do the Tigers pull the upset? Um, I guess it won't be an upset. They're a favorite. Do they get the oh, win? Oh, they're underdog. Who? Tigers. Against Villanova? Yeah. Are they really? Yeah. That's what they said. It are was, you they, sure? The, the Tigers were an underdog. Huh. Yeah, they are. Wow. I think someone texted me earlier. I thought they said they were a favorite. Um, okay, well, can they pull the upset? I guess I was right. Can they pull the upset against Villanova this afternoon? Why not? I mean, you Why knocked not? off Michigan. You knocked off Arkansas. Why not just go ahead and win the whole thing while you at it? That'd, that'd be incredible. If they could win the whole thing in the Bahamas, come back undefeated with wins over Michigan, Arkansas, and, and Villanova. I mean, that'd be a that'd be a great way to start the season, and then your your non conference schedule really gets going after that. I mean, we still have you know Ole Miss, which I know they've kind of you know it's been an up and down start to the season for them. You've got Texas A and M. Um, let's see when they come back from this. Ole Miss, VCU, Texas A and M, Clemson, Virginia is your next five games. 
I mean, that's difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, this is this is the whole point of Penny loading up the schedule. Yeah, what did Penny say uh, after the first exhibition game? You know, our non-conference schedules are basically our season. Basically. So that's why he that's why he likes to put yeah. the pressure on the players to perform. Yeah, no, it's it's so. gonna be tough, but it's it's been really fun to watch them play. But that's all the time we have. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday.